We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. here of setting the pace hope you all are enjoying your day off and if you have to work i am sorry for you but fachi we've got a fun podcast today let the people know what we are talking about absolutely so we are breaking down the top 20 pacers big board now this is not the overall nba draft big board this is more of just pacer oriented of how we feel these players should stack up with indiana pacers when they are looking to use you know at least uh those you know, three first round picks. So we're just going from one to 20. Mm-hmm, absolutely. But before we get into that, you know, last week we did have a very interesting podcast that, you know, spirited a lot of debate between what the Pacers should do and what they shouldn't do. And Brandon Miller was a big topic that we heard from Rafael Barlow coming out saying the Pacers are, are looking to move up in the draft and that they're eyeing Brandon Miller. But we also got some more reporting today, Fachi, from Mark Stein. You want to read that for me? Absolutely. So Mark Stein reported, and this is something that we've heard rumbles of, so it always just feels good to hear it once again, that the Pacers are looking to package picks to move up in the draft. He obviously notes that the Pacers have you know, picks 7, 26, and 29 in the first round. We know pick 32 is also there, as well as 55, but you know, shouldn't factor in too much in there. But this is now numerous reports that we're hearing that the Pacers want to be aggressive. They want to move up. And that has me so excited in a draft that feels like there's a lot of really good talent to be had. Alex, what was your initial reaction seeing this report once again? Well, it kind of makes me a little nervous because every time you start hearing reports around this time, they always feel like they're a little fake. And it always seems like, who's putting that out there? But I think this one's pretty obvious. I mean, Kevin Pritchard, Chad Buchanan, they both hinted at, hey, we're not going to take all these draft picks. So we know that they're looking to move up. This is no surprise to us. 
but I'm curious how aggressive they are in moving these picks because I, I think they can have trade talks now, but it, it, nothing can really become official until later. But, you know, I just think that it makes a lot of sense to kind of see what you can get out there, see what other teams are feeling. And if they're not making calls and they're not doing their job. So I think that at least we know that they're probably out there making some calls. This stuff probably leaked from other teams getting calls for the Pacers are trying to move up that kind of stuff. And I, and I honestly don't know if, you know, they're going to move up from seven to the top three, but at least they have 26 and 29 to maybe get into the middle of the draft, maybe the late lottery. Cause we know the Pelicans, they're a team that has so many players. What, what's that going to look like? But I'm just saying there's a chance they could be looking to move up and just make 26 and 29 turn into like 17 to 20. And I think that would make a lot of sense. It really would. There's a lot of really good talent in that range that you just discussed about 17 to 20 because there's a lot of freshmen that are in this NBA draft that maybe didn't have the type of seasons that they wanted to have, but still have extremely high upside. And I feel like if the Pacers can move up into that top 20 again and pick, say, at 7 or 17, like you mentioned, they have a chance to bring in two really good players. And those picks in that range of 17 to 20 are very much, it feels, could be had between 17 for the Los Angeles Lakers, 19 of the Golden State Warriors. I mean, those are those are contenders that are looking to build out a roster with some cheaper picks or maybe some players that, you know, maybe at the back end of 26-29 could very much fit what they're looking to do. And this is the perfect scenario where I think the Pacers have made it known they are open for business. No, absolutely. So on today's exercise, like Fachi said, I want to make sure everybody is clear. Victor Wimbenyama is going to be the number one overall pick by the San Antonio Spurs. So we are not talking about Victor Wimbenyama when we do our top 20 rankings. We're talking from pick two all the way to where we, you know, maybe the Pacers jump up and pick. We're we're looking at guys that feel like somewhat realistic. And even though some of these guys might be a little bit higher than where our draft range is, we feel like there has been enough rumors like we just talked about where the Pacers might be aggressive and try to move up to get them. So we are going to look at players that could be taken a number two, number three, number four. So just wanted to clear that up, but we're going to make this a two-part episode. So the first part here that you're listening to, we're going to have picks 11 through 20. And then the episode tomorrow, we'll have picks one through 10. So we're going to work our way backwards and work our way up to number uh, 11 on this episode, Bachi. So let's start with number 20. Who do you got? I have a name that I think uh, Pacers fans are going to be very familiar with in the 20 spot. That's Trace Jackson Davis. I think that at 6'9", he has that option to be obviously playing the four or, you know, a little bit of a smaller NBA five. But the work ethic and the improvement over the last few years has been unreal. This is someone that I feel is, you know, coming in more NBA ready than a lot of these freshmen. Now, he does still have a lot to improve upon, specifically from three-point range, specifically with his jump shot overall. But you're getting a really good offensive player. You're getting a good defensive player, averaging nearly three blocks per game last year, about a steal. You know, he, he can he can move the ball. There's a lot to like, but I also like that fit as, as a player that maybe you, you could be a little bit slower with, but isn't so much of a project that you never know if he's going to ever be able to work out. So that's why I have him at the very tail end at pick 20 or 20 on the, the, the board. Yeah, for the Pacers big board, Trish Jackson Davis, it does make sense to – be interested in him and you know that I feel very strongly about what he can become as a pro I think he's going to be a really solid backup player and I know that kind of sounds like a knock and kind of limiting what he can do but you can't be a star player everywhere you go so I think that Trace Jackson Davis at 20 is perfect now I will admit I do not have him on my board he was an honorable mention kind of guy because 
to me, it's like right now the Pacers have so many bigs on their roster. And I was trying to think, yes, I do think it makes sense to potentially take him if you're there at 29, 32, something like that. But at the same time, there's other guys that I think have a little bit higher upside than Trace for me personally. So I, I don't mind the fit whatsoever. I think that's a good player at number 20. For me, this is where I'm going to go a little bit different, and I'm going with a combo guard, and you're probably screaming hearing this, but I don't think we can rule out combo guards with this Pacers team just because we think that there could be some uncertainty with some of the guards on this team in their future, specifically Buddy Hield, Chris Duarte. So I'm going Brandon Pajemski from Santa Clara. Fachi, this is a guy that transferred from Illinois last year uh, to, to Sa- Santa Clara, jumped up from 13.7 points a game to 19.9, 8.8 rebounds a game, 3.7 assists, shot 48% from the field, 43.8% from three, and 77% from the free throw line. Look, I know the Pacers don't need a ton of guards. They've already got a lot of guards, but we're talking about a guy that's gritty, plays incredible defense, and is a very capable shooter. And with a bigger role, he got 20 points a game for Santa Clara. I've seen some comparisons online. To, to how his story is kind of rel- uh, relative to an Austin Reeves with the Los Angeles Lakers. Austin Reeves, I think he went undrafted. So Brandon Podjemski, he's been a guy that's been rising, had a great combine, and I think that this is a player that could make a lot of sense because he's he's gritty, good defender, and can shoot. That's what Rick Carlisle likes. There's a lot to like about Brandon here. Um, I don't want to pronounce his last name wrong. Podjemski. Podjemski. Okay, yeah, it's tough. Podjemski. I've been, I've been practicing names in this draft. There very much is, but there is a lot to like about Podjemski. Uh, you mentioned it. One of the better shooters in this draft, about 44% from three on a healthy you know, sample size of about six attempts per game. You're getting a real good rebounder for a guard. Think about how much the Pacers have struggled rebounding, especially as it relates to their guards. With They have not gotten much proje- um, production over there rebounding-wise. So, there is a lot to like, and I think at 20 on our big board, that's, a, that's someone with a lot of upside that has been shooting up these uh, these mock drafts. However, mm-hmm. one thing also is if you see Santa Clara. In the past, it was like, okay, well, you know, a little bit of a smaller school. Look at Jalen Williams. Look what yeah. he just did. Ended up being runner-up for Rookie of the Year. So I think that that's something that you can't sleep on any longer, especially when you mentioned that he had transferred. So this was someone who uh, – it's not like he was this prospect that was overlooked for a long time. So I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, at number 19 on mine, I have a name that we've heard, potentially even a promise if he's there. That's Bobby Clintman. Bobby Clintman okay. at, at a Wake Forest, high upside, six foot ten with a seven foot wingspan, a legit two way wing, shot 37% from three. He's raw, but he's gifted. From Sweden, I feel like this is someone that did not get to show the full display. Probably would have benefited big time going back to college, but he's staying in the draft, and I think that there is a lot to like. I watched some film on him, and I just feel like this guy has some really high upside that I know the name right now is not a household name, but I do think this is a player that will be able to produce, but it won't be right away in the NBA. I, I really like Bobby Clintman Fachi, and I think that more and more people are getting familiar with who he is because his name has been rising up draft boards. And like you said, I think Kevin O'Connor at his latest big board had him at like 15 or something like that. So a lot of guys are all over the place with Bobby Clintman. I'm still not mm-hmm. 100% sure where I would put him, but if you're drafting this guy, you're drafting on potential. 
He's got size, he's got length, and he's a, a very upside player. So I think that he's a guy, like you said, it's going to take a few years for him to really yep, develop. Will. And with the Pacers roster the way that it is, that might not be a bad thing. I think getting a guy that's more of a project and someone you can kind of allow to groom him in the G League with the, the Mad Ants for this last season before they're renamed, I do believe that this is a guy that – could make a lot of sense here. So I actually, I'm, I'm actually pretty in, in impressed with Bobby Clintman uh, as a name rising and in a potential fit with the Pacers. Once again, did not have him on my list. So I like that we're being pretty different mm-hmm. here, Fachi, with what we're looking at. So uh, for me at number 19, this is a guy that I just think had a great run last year with Connecticut, and that's Jordan Hawkins, six foot five guard. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving shooting in this draft, Fachi, 38.8%, but he shot a ton of attempts this year, seven and a half attempts per game this year. That seems like a lot for college. 16.2 points per game, 88% free throw shooter, not the greatest rebounder, not the greatest passer, but the paces are looking for a lights out shooter. Once again, like I said, on the last guard that I took, if you're thinking about moving off Buddy and Chris Duarte, why not go for a guy that's a really good shooter and and, and a, a little bit younger than Chris Duarte and Buddy Heald. So, Definitely think this is a guy that could be a lottery pick. We always see how teams, you know, flock to these type of guards, right? Guards that have had a big run in the NCAA tournament. So if he's there at 26, I'm obviously slam dunk. You got to take him. If you move up to the top 20 and he's there, I think you cannot overlook how great of a shooter he could be. So I just think that with his upside, there's a lot of uh, intrigue there for Jordan Hawkins for me. I love a winner. You're talking about a guy from straight off a national championship. We need winning to become infectious in that Pacers locker room where a lot of guys have barely even been to the playoffs or it's been a while since they've been to the playoffs. Jordan Hawkins obviously can shoot the ball. You, you touched on his shooting uh, you know, numbers, 30, 39% basically. Shades of Rip Hamilton, Kevin O'Connor says. So you got to love that. Rip was a, a player that obviously killed the Pacers for years, multiple-time All-Star. Hawkins is someone that is all over mock drafts. It is really hard to get his value. Kevin O'Connor has him at 25. Sometimes yeah. on Tankathon, you'll see him at like 11. Uh, <laughs> see no ceilings, have him really high. So I don't know exactly where he's going to be. I think that would be a great pick at 26 if he'll be there. I don't mm. think he will, but I could definitely see that there is a lot to like. Now, I want to be honest, I did not go too guard heavy because right now that's we're so guard heavy, but that yeah. could be a fault of my own because just like you mentioned, things could change in an instance. Buddy, Duarte, they could be moving the same offseason. All of a sudden, we have a need for a guard. But if the Pacers were to get a player like Jordan Hawkins, you're getting a really good shooter with a championship pedigree. So you got to like that. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting player. And, and there's some guards that I was like a little bit like, I mean, I'm not going to spoil too much here, but there were some guards that I think are probably lottery picks that I just said, I don't necessarily know if I love their fit with the Pacers. Me and too. Some of them were just a little bit shorter, and that's why like, I tried to make it very obvious. If I went for guards, I kind of went for combo guards. I, I definitely have one guy that's a little bit shorter in the guard position that's on my board later, but uh, I, I'm like I said, I'm not going to spoil too much. And so let's keep it moving here, Fachi. At number 18, who do you got? I got Noah Clowney. Okay. But, uh, you're getting a, a power forward out of Alabama that I feel like is someone that is being slept on. Super yeah, mobile defender, good rebounder, six foot ten with a seven foot two wingspan. He's just eighteen years old. 
dare I say, and I'm tossing this out there, I feel like this is Jarris Walker light, but the value is going to be there way later in the first round. So Clowney is someone that I feel is projected kind of in that back end of the first round where obviously we know the Pacers have picks 26 and 29. Kevin O'Connor has him at 26 on his board. So I feel like you're getting a player that's not even going to be 19 by the time that he's drafted. So there is a lot to like. Uh, he Kevin O'Connor says shades of Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter was, was a top 10 pick. So I think that you're getting a good player that contributed to a winning program at Alabama. And I think that this is someone that showed that the three ball could be there eventually shot about 30%. It's not something that you're thrilled about, but he easily could have had a bigger role on a team that was not number one in the country at one point. I think one of the great things about uh, Noah Clowney is his short roll passing as well. Mm-hmm. I think that we we saw a lot of we saw a lot of pick and roll with him in, in Alabama, but this is an Alabama team that went through a lot of ups and downs. Right, they were a team that had a lot of off court stuff they had to deal with, and you know they were able to kind of overcome that. Now in the tournament, they did not play their best. Let's be yeah. honest. There was an injury with Brandon Miller, so I think that did clearly impact what they were doing. But this is a guy similar to Clemen. I think he's definitely a little bit further along than Clemen, but yes. very similar to Clemen. It's going to take some time to get him acclimated with the NBA in terms of his big man role because that's the big difference to me between the three guys on your list uh, between one another. Trace Jackson Davis, I think he is more ready to jump in right away. Absolutely. And his skill set will translate right away to what he actually probably is, but his ceiling's not near as high as Clemen or Clowney. So, mm-hmm. I do think that Clowney is the highest upside of the three. He as well was an honorable mention for me and not on my list, which is once again, hilarious. Here we are again. Just Very different get... lists. I like yes. it though. Yeah. You're going a little bit bigger here and I'm looking I at am. perimeter guys, not just interior guys, but there's definitely some interior guys that I'll get to, but I love the upside of Noah Clowney as a prospect. I just get a little bit concerned because he shot so poorly from three, just 28.3%. Mm-hmm. And I think he was like a, a subpar free throw shooter around like 50%. So this is a guy I think is about 55%. So he's going to have to get better as a shooter or once again, you have to wonder, is this just uh, another type of big that really can't see the floor? Yeah, it was 65% from free throw, you know, obviously okay. nothing to write home about, but you know, luckily not as bad as you mentioned, because that would be alarming. Now also for Noah Cloudy, just throwing out the numbers, about 10 points per game, eight rebounds per game, about a block per game. So there is a lot to like. Shot 48% from the field. Um, I think that the value is going to be there in the late first round where if you look at it, he's actually ranked as the number five power forward on most uh, boards. So mm-hmm. to be able to get a position of need at the back end of the first round, I'm really intrigued, but no doubt about it, has a lot to work on. And from three-point land, he is not there yet. But having attempted 3.3 attempts, it's not to say that this guy can't develop into a a one-day respectable three-point shooter as a big man. Absolutely. So you ready for me to move on to my next guy here, Fachi? So this is a guy that I've seen all over the board. And (laughs) we said that about a lot of these guys, but... I've seen people, I, I think at No Ceilings, we talked about this when we had one of their guests on uh, on our show, talked about this guy being like a top 10, top 5 pick by some of these guys, and I just don't see it with him right now. But I do think that he's a very intriguing prospect, and that's the freshman guard from Ohio State who can play the 2 or the 3, Bryce Sensiball. Sensiball, to me, 
is a, an incredibly skilled offensive player. And I think with this Pacers team right now, they've got enough of those. So I do think that there's just too much upside with his offense to pass on him if he's there because he is a catch and shoot threat and he's a good ball handler. And, you know, his pull up three has really been pretty solid too. But defensively, you know, I'm worried about what he can do on that side of the floor. And let's be honest, he suffered two meniscus injuries in high school. So not a great athlete, but he's very smart, has a high IQ. And I think that if he were to be on the board at 26, you'd be kicking yourself not to pick him much because of what he can do. And I think he could be that microwave scorer off the bench, maybe close some games for you if he's really able to translate his offensive game to uh, the, the pro level. But at the end of the day, I don't want another guy that's going to be similar to Matherin, where he's very inconsistent off ball. Uh, you know, we see Matherin a lot of times watching the ball, loses track of his man. We don't want to see that same thing happening with him. And no offense, but like I just said, he's not near the athlete has been Matherin either, so he can't recover as quick. So this is a guy to me that, while I really like him, I definitely do see – some of the bad things about his game. Wonder how that fits with the Pacers, but I do really like him as a prospect. I, I do very much like him. I don't think that'll be there at 26, and I'll give you a little hint. His name's going to be coming up eventually. So maybe <laughs> now, maybe now, I, I am higher on him than you are. No doubt about it. I know you haven't been a bright, sensible guy. So I'll uh, I'll keep my mouth shut for now, but you'll hear his name again. All right, well, let's move on to number 17. Who do you got? This is a high upside pick that you know what maybe I'm maybe I'm alone by myself on this one. But Jarek Whitehead, Jarek Whitehead was the number two overall prospect coming into this uh, college season. It did not work out. Uh, he has still has a lot of high upside at the three. He struggled very much. Six foot six, six ten wingspan, uh, real good three point shooter. Shot about forty three percent from three. So I think that there's there's something there. But this is the Pacers being able to take a risk over here because it did not work out at Duke the way that he wanted to. Still will be just about 19 years old. He won't even be 19 by the draft time. He's got a good feel for the game. I think that he could be a good interior scorer. Um, the three-point shot I already touched on. So this is someone who absolutely did not hit his stride. Part of it is which he suffered a fractured foot uh, in August of 2022 that really, I think, kind of wrecked what could have been a really good year at Duke. Yeah, I'm very high on Derek uh, Dwight, Derek Whitehead. Excuse me, cannot talk. I'm very high on him, and I have him higher than 17. Okay, well, so, I like that. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm very intrigued by him, and I think that he kind of got a bad rep just because of the, the interesting year, I guess you could call it, that happened at Duke because there's a lot of question marks there with that team. But, yes. you know, I – I really don't have too much to say because I don't want to spoil too much. Mm -hmm, so do you want just to move on to my 17? Yep. All right. This is where we're going. Overseas, we're looking at a guy by the name of Bilal Kulabali Fachi. On-ball defender, good off-ball, good interior scorer, and he's athletic as all. Get out. Height, six foot seven. That's a wing, right? That's a good height. Mm -hmm. Wingspan, seven three. That's a good wingspan. Age. 18.9 on draft night, average 11.3 points this year, shot 35% from three, good rebounder. I mean, this is a guy that I think is super explosive and could really be a, a, a nice piece in the NBA draft. Now, a lot of people that I've heard talk have him in the back 25 to 30 range, but I've seen some people recently move him up. 
If you look at Kevin O'Connor's big board, he's got him at 17. I want to say um, on No Ceilings, uh, one of the guys that we had come on our show really talked. Uh, uh, Corey, I think his name is not Corey. I can't remember his name. I feel so bad right now. Uh, Nathan, Nathan Grubel. He is very high on him, and I think he considers him a top 10 pick. So this to me is a guy that you swing for the upside, and Kevin O'Connor is comparing his game to a mix of OG Ananobi and Tory Craig. I think we can just say right there that, okay, he's got defensive potential. And that's what I really want to see with the Pacers draft pick is can they get more defensive uh, level players? And I think he fits that mold. I think he absolutely does. I'm very high on him, even higher. Oh, I figured. Okay. Oh, yeah. So at this point, I'm just going to save it right there. But what I will say is I'm absolutely intrigued. I think that this would be a very high upside pick for the Pacers that uh, this is going to be a player that the Pacers are absolutely going to need to trade up in order to get because he will not be there to pick 26 or 29. Yeah, you know, he kind of reminds me of the kid that was picked last year by the Thunder. I'm, I'm having a, a brain fart in terms of who that was, but everybody was so intrigued by him, and then he didn't even really play this year. Oh, my God, yeah. I'm going to look it up real quick while we're talking because – I really was intrigued by him as well last year. And when he started setting the next year after you forget what happened, but he was, he was so polarizing as a prospect. And it was one of those things where it's like, everybody was excited about him. Is it the kid uh, from France? Usman Zhang. Yeah. That's what yeah. It was. yeah yep. I was like, once I saw it, I knew it, but he was taken uh, 11th overall where the Knicks traded that pick to OKC. And then at number 12, the Thunder were back on the clock and took Jalen Williams. And from what I think Brian Windhorst reported, they would have taken Jalen Williams at 11. But because they had to trade for that pick, they wanted to make sure that nothing fell through with that trade. So they just took Jalen Williams at 12 in case something fell through with the 11 trade. And they were, uh, you know, they lose Jang, which would stink, but they did not want to lose Jalen Williams, which I totally get. But Usman Jang is just one of those guys that everybody was really excited about. And I can see similar comparisons to Bilal Kulabali. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that was someone that people were very, very high on. And I still think we'll have a a good NBA career. You mentioned we really didn't see enough of him. But sometimes that's what happens with some of the, the European prospects. It takes a little bit longer. Yeah. But, I mean, they, they tend to develop very, very, very well. You look at a guy like we're not comparing him to a Giannis or a Jokic. But those are players that after, each year get better and better and better. And then all of a sudden end up being very, very good players. So I'm real high on uh, for my next pick. I have someone that I know you like. He goes by the name of Chris Murray. I now, figured. Chris, Chris Murray, six foot nine with a seven foot wingspan. We plug him at the four. You know, I, I think he's going to be more NBA ready than most because he is an older prospect in this draft. Last season, averaged twenty points, eight rebounds, one block, one steal, massive three point potential. Uh, I don't think he'll be as good of a shooter as his brother Keegan. I love this uh, draft description. Maybe taking the easy way out by Kevin O'Connor. A left-handed Keegan Murray. That's so you know, terrible. Just, that is so I know. Bad. It's like, oh, come on. You couldn't do better than that. Obviously, this is his twin brother for people who are not familiar. Look, he'll be 23 uh, right before the season begins. So, yes, he is a lot older than some of these pro- prospects that are 19, 20 years old. But I love the work that he's put in over the last few years because – uh, a couple of years ago when he was a freshman, I, I didn't even know. I was like, Keegan's got a brother? What, the guy riding the bench? And now he averaged, you know, 20 and 8 last year. So there's a lot to like. Um, I think that he's he's a good on-ball defender, good off-ball defender. But I think the shooting will very much be there. And you already know you're getting someone who can rebound. So I think this would be a good move for the Pacers, widely regarded 
regarded as potentially the fourth best power forward in this draft. You know I love me some Chris Murray, and I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna spoil anything. Nope. And he's obviously on my list, and I'll talk about him very shortly. But at me for number uh, for me at number sixteen, this is where I'm going with the Pepperdine wing Maxwell Lewis, six foot six, twenty. Uh, I'm gonna be twenty one basically after the draft. Seven foot wingspan, two hundred and seven pounds, seventeen point one points per game last year. Fachi, five point seven rebounds. This is a kid that I definitely really like. You know, he's a lanky rangy three and d wing he can stroke the ball from downtown he's got the ideal size and wing that you want and he's got a enough athleticism to really be able to compete in this league so he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective really good at space on the floor and honestly i think he's a good attacker from the wing so you know I, i'm excited to see what he can do uh not super elite with his first step and i think he could be um a, a very good driver <laughs> just needs more time doing it but you know, this is an athlete to me that while he's not the most a- elite athlete, he's a very skilled player that I think would fit what this team needs desperately. This is where it hurts me a little bit because he was the first person off my list. So mm. he he was my honorable mention. I, I've heard very much his name rising up the boards. Um, I think that this is someone that, you know, Pepperdine, you're not familiar with really good prospects coming out right, of Pepperdine. Right. Maybe for me, I think that's kind of what tipped the scale a little bit to have him on the honorable mention. But obviously, good prospects can come out of anywhere. Just yeah. like we mentioned, Jalen Williams, Santa Clara, all of a sudden now there could be Santa Clara putting out two prospects in the first round back to back years. So talent can be found anywhere. Maxwell Lewis, I think, is, is going to be a good pro, a good shooter. But he was the first name off my list. All right, Fachi, let's go ahead and take a quick break. We've uh, given our first five names on our list, and we'll come back with 15 through 11 on this part of the podcast. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Fachi, you're up at 15. Who do you have on your big board? I got someone that you mentioned earlier because you knew I was higher on him, and that's Bryce Sensible. All right. For, for Bryce, I think that you're getting, I'd say, a top two or three shooter in this draft. Could play the three, very efficient, a high upside scorer that I think, uh, you know, you mentioned probably wanted to see a little bit more out of, but was still good enough to give you over 16 points per game, about five and a half rebounds, shot 40% from three. Uh, this is some good ball handler. I think he's going to be an elite shooter in the NBA. You mentioned the defense could could use a bit of work. There's a lot of players in this draft that could improve defensively. True. I think for the most part, uh, the, the majority need to, but you're going to get a real good score at a position of need. Um, so you could see there's some boards that have him much higher than we have him. Sometimes people have him in the lottery. I have him probably between that 15 to 20 range. So if the Pacers are going to have any chance of getting him, it would be uh, it would they would have to need to trade up in order to get him. But Bryce Sensible, a player that obviously we both have in that top twenty for the Pacers. I will say this: I'm not going to spoil the pick or anything like that. But what's really funny is we did an NBA mock draft that we'll be releasing within the next week or so. Once I get everybody's picks in in terms of their videos, we picked online on Twitter on messages and stuff like that. And on the, one of the videos one of the guys representing a team said, I will be fired as a general manager of this team because I forgot that Bryce Sensabaugh was still on the board <laughs> and did oh not take God. him. And so that was really funny to me because they're like, if you let Sensabaugh fall, then that's a big deal. So that's what ended up happening is Sensabaugh did fall a little bit in our mock draft. That's a little bit of a teaser there for you. But, you know, I definitely can see why people are so infatuated with him and like, I, I do know that if you give him the ball and you let him kind of be like that secondary scorer off the bench, he could be really good for the uh, in the NBA. So there's no doubt about it that I think he's got that potential. But Fachi, this is where I'm going with Chris Murray. I said I was going to talk oh. about him very soon. I have him at 15 on my or okay. yeah, 15 on my board. I'm very intrigued by him, but I do think that, like I said, he is not Keegan Murray. He is not the defender that Keegan nope. is. And honestly, he's not the offensive player that he is. We saw him get the ball in his hands a little bit more this year, but still not the type of playmaker that that Keegan Murray is. So definitely a worse version, but I love the link that you talked about, the wingspan that he has. I think it's like a seven-foot wingspan. It is. Six-foot-eight, very efficient offensive player. Um, I think he moves great without the ball and puts himself in really good position, high basketball IQ. And you just love lefties, right? Who doesn't love a left-handed player? And that's one thing I think Brandon Pajinski is a left-handed player as well. I didn't bring that up. But the one thing that you don't probably like about Chris Murray is he's going to be 23 by the time the season starts. But can we just, like, not overthink the draft age and just, like, take the best talent that fits? So if the Pacers are really trying to make the playoffs, in my opinion, next year and push for that, and Chris Murray is a guy that can maybe help them, then I say go for it. He fits a position of need. Definitely a good scorer, and I think that with the way his brother did kind of take some time to get used to the NBA and figure things out, I think he's got a very similar IQ to his brother. Maybe not the same skill set, but he's going to figure things out, and I think he's going to carve out a role for himself in the NBA. I really do think that he will, and I think that there's a lot to be intrigued about with Chris Murray. And also the difference between you know Chris Murray, Chris Duarte, while the age is similar, I mean – 
I don't think that a team is going to be taking Chris Murray 13th overall. I think Correct. it would be, yeah, it'll, it'll, so that that's the difference when you're talking about using a lottery pick. So I think that wherever Chris Murray goes, and I do think that he is starting to creep up the board a bit, it will be really good value compared to picking him over perhaps, you know, like a Moses Moody type player. So I, I think that there's a lot to like that IQ is one of the things that stands out most, but expecting him to be, Keegan Murray, fourth overall pick, no, he'll probably never become that, but you're going to get a very good NBA player that's going to be ready to play. Absolutely. So let's move on to number 14. Fachi, what you got? Number 14, I have Bilal Koulibaly. Major upside. You touched on it before. Six foot seven, seven foot three wingspan. He's efficient. Shot uh, just about over uh, 35% from three. He could defend. I think this is someone that, there's so much to like, but you're going to get someone who's going to give you that real good on the ball, off the ball defense. He's going to have the interior scoring. He's athletic. I think that there's obviously he's raw. That, that's 100% what it is. But the Pacers aren't in a, at a time where they're one piece away from a championship or anything of that sort. So he's got that frame and that bill that the Pacers are looking for. And you want to be able to stack more players with higher upside Compared to the guys where you're saying, okay, well, you know, this is a good player, but will probably never be great. I think for Bilal Koulibaly, you can't put a, a ceiling on him. And obviously, this is a name that Pacer fans love. Kevin O'Connor saying shades of OG. I mean, come on. Isn't that just come icing on. on the cake right over there just to say, all right, all right, you sold me. Yeah, it's like, oh, you can't trade for OG and Anobi, but here you go. You can get OG and Anobi for the next nine years with Bilal Koulibaly. Hey, hey you know, I, I wouldn't be mad about that. I, I do like Bilal Koulibaly. I think he's a really interesting prospect, and I do think that you're right. You're going to have to trade up for him. There, there's yes. no way that I think he's, that he slides all the way to 26, 29, because I remember listening to the radio back in, like, January. Jay Query is like, with the 29th pick in the – NBA mock draft. The Pacers take Bala Kulabali from Metropolitan's <laughs> 92. And it's like things have changed. Draft and stash. Eh, probably not. So it's funny how times really do change things. And I think that he's just a prospect that continues to rise. And look, don't be surprised if the San Antonio Spurs try to get back into the draft and maybe take him. Oh, man. The pair with Victor Wimbanyama. I, I could definitely see them being very aggressive with that because they do have that Raptors first round pick. I think that's lottery protected in 2024. So just keep an eye on that. But for me at number 14, I would be shocked if he's on your list because I just don't think based on what you've been, the guys you've been putting down, this doesn't fit your list. But I'm going with Jalen hood Shafino, Gar from Indiana. The ringer has him at 6'4". Other websites have him at 6'5". Wingspans at 6'10". Look, you can call this a homer pick all you want, but I didn't have Trace Jackson Davis on my list. So get over yourself if you think that's what I'm doing here. But I think that Jalen Huchifino has a ton of potential. And after seeing him carve the Purdue defense up for 35 points on the road when they're the number one ranked team, he was giving you a glimmer of hope of what he can become. Look, this kid's got a great feel for the game. He's got great on-ball defense. He's not a good shooter and from, from deep, but he's got a great mid-range game. And I think the Pacers are missing somebody with that mid-range game on their roster. So, I don't know where you fit him at, but I think he could definitely play the backup two guard next to TJ McConnell. And this is a kid that is a great playmaker. And I think when you have multiple playmakers on the on the team, it's only going to help with the ball movement in terms of what Rick Carlisle wants. So 
you know, with McConnell improving his three-point shot, maybe there's a chance that McConnell can play a little bit more off-ball and you allow Hitchapino to have the ball in his hands. We saw that happen from time to time with Andrew Nimhart kind of running the offense and McConnell playing off-ball. So I think that there's definitely a case you can make here for Hitchapino making sense for the Pacers, even though they already have the guard position filled. If Jalen Hitchapino falls, because I've seen him a lot of uh, recently I've seen him fall back a little bit more to like the 18 to 24 range. If he falls to the Pacers, I don't know how you pass him up because the potential is there. And I would say he's a better prospect coming into this draft than Romeo Langford was. And he was taken 14th overall at the lottery pick. Romeo indeed was, and you are indeed correct. I do not have Jalen Huchifino on my list. Look, maybe I'll get some heat for that, but I, from where he's projected to be, I thought, felt like, you know what, in order for the Pacers to really get him, they'd have to, have to trade up, and I just don't think they would trade up for a player like him, but I do think that he could be a very good player in the NBA. A lot of it is potential-based. I know you watched him far more closer I than I did, and the efficiency for me, it just was not there. The high upside definitely is there so hey i'm rooting for him obviously we had coach tony on last week we were dissecting his game and i do think that he did enough to be a first round pick no doubt about it but given the guard situation for the pacers at this moment and maybe i shouldn't have played too much into it i don't have him on my list but i can't knock you for having him on yours i was really trying to not overthink if there's good guards there do the pacers take him because last mm-hmm. year like we said nobody expected andrew nimhart to be the pick no, we were like, they got to get a forward. We're like, they've got to get Kendall Brown at 31. Because like, I know a lot of people had him as a first round pick, though. And I yeah. think that that's the thing. Like Kendall Brown fell all the way to 48, I think, is where we got him from the Timberwolves. Yep, so, exactly. You know, I'm just saying, like, you never know what's going to happen. And you can't look at your roster now and think, OK, coming into the draft, we got to build around our around our roster. You have to obviously consider what your key players are, but you also have to realize if there's a talented player on the board that you really value, you got to take him. So that's why I wanted to make sure that I gave some love to Huchapino. No doubt about it. And I think that he does deserve that love. Uh, For my next pick, maybe I'm a prisoner of the moment. I don't know, but I got Derek Lively over here. Oh my gosh. Yes, exactly. Now look, the Pacers, they they don't need a center, but hear me out. He hit about 17 threes in a row recently. That man was not shooting threes at all. A workout? Yes. Yes. Seven foot one with a seven foot seven wingspan. You're getting a real good shot blocker. As as a freshman, you know, obviously raw. Average two and a half blocks per game. You know, five points per game, five and a half rebounds. That's not going to jump off the page. But the fact that all of a sudden we saw that the three-point shot actually looks really good when he didn't show any three-point capabilities in college makes me feel that there's a next layer to his game. This draft, from a center standpoint, is awful. It's Derek Lively. He might be the only center in the first round or the only center that's not a full-on project. And look, Miles Turner under contract for two years. After that, who knows? Lively, not going to be ready to play, I would imagine, from you know his, his rookie year. But after that, you have a lot of uncertainty as a backup center on the Pacers. That's where I feel like you could be getting a high upside center. And I know that probably makes people almost (laughs) nauseous after what we've done in the past, taking a go-go and things like that. But I got hooked off of seeing that three-point shooting from him recently. I will just be honest with you. I had zero centers on my big board. I only Uh, got one. 
And that, well, you had Trace Jackson Davis, who's a yeah, center. but who he could, yeah, he could play. You know, Noah Clowney could be a center as well. I know well, he's listed as a power forward, could. but I'm just saying, yeah, I have a lot more beef up front with your guys that you're picking that are more yeah, four yeah, ex- fives. Exactly. Than yes. So, yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say. But I do think Derek Lively definitely is the most polarizing center prospect in this draft. And if you look at some of the comparisons, I've seen Willie Cauley-Stein, I've seen Tyson Chandler, I've seen uh, Jackson Hayes, but better instincts and basketball IQ. It's like, look, this guy's got the tools. There's no doubt about it. I think that he could be a very polarizing and fascinating prospect. And if the Pacers took him, well, bye-bye Isaiah Jackson, bye-bye Jalen Smith, because there's no reason to draft another player to have the same role as Goga Batadze. And no. that is exactly why they moved off of him. I don't think the Pacers need another center unless they decide to move off of one, which is very possible. So yeah, I'm not sold on Jalen Smith long-term and I'm still, am I. I'm still very torn on Isaiah Jackson. I some days I believe, but I, I'm having trouble with it. That's kind of where I'm at. I think some days I'm like, yeah, they just give this guy time. And other times I'm just like, I just don't see it. I really don't. It's like, I, I see a tweener guy that, could Me be too. this, but I just don't know. So I think Derek Livy's uh, very interesting. And like I said, I didn't have him on my board. So I'm going to go ahead and just pivot here, Fachi, because I'm just laughing because you, you talk about the video of him shooting a bunch of threes that was viral on Twitter and making that as part of your reasoning for being intrigued by him and a prisoner of the moment. It hooked me. Yes. But I like, agree. there's a video of Zach Eady doing the same thing at Trace Jackson Davis. It's like, he didn't even bring that up with Trace. So it's like, yeah, for, for Trace, it was from what I shared, it was like, he made like 11 out of the first 16 threes, but then finished the shooting drill 12 of 25 from three. So it's like, hmm. started out hot, slowed down. Like for Derek Lively to make 17 in a row, I was like, whoa, that is not a part of his game they talked about in really any of the write-ups on him. So to see that was like, okay, there's a next layer. But, hey, I I get it, and I'm not going to say the Pacers need to trade up and get Derek Lively. But if he's there, he's most definitely, in my opinion, the best center in this draft, assuming that, you know, Victor's going to play the four. Yeah, I mean, I I think that he could actually make some sense as a lottery pick, specifically for a team like the Pelicans, because – they definitely need a center that can do all that kind of stuff. And Jackson Hayes, if he's a better version of him, and Jackson Hayes is not really panned out. No, he's then not. I, then I think you got to go that route. But for me, this is where I'm going back to somebody you brought up earlier at number 13. Same school, Dariq Whitehead. I am okay. very high on Dariq Whitehead. I like and it. I think that he's a very polarizing player as well. And I'm sorry for using that word, but it's draft time, baby. So it's what we're going to say. So I, I think that the comparisons are all over the board. The injury that he suffered in August last year, the the the, the foot fracture, that definitely mm-hmm. did not help his college season. And I think you talked about that a little bit. So, you know, this is a player that I think really came on strong towards the end of the season when they really started to get that momentum going into the NCAA tournament. I think he's a combo guard, but I think he can play some three, six foot ten wingspan, can play inside. He's very ambidextrous at the rim. Uh, great feel for the game. I think that he's an upside defender as well. So this is a guy to me that I think if you put him in the right situation, he could really thrive. And I think with a playmaker like Halliburton, with a coach like Carlisle, I think that you can see the upside with what he can do. And look, from three, he did shoot 42%, Fachi. And that to me is very exciting. And, you know, off the catch, his freshman season at Duke, made 45.3% of a spot of threes with a high release that that does really make a difference because we've seen videos recently of a Min Thompson going around 
with his shot form, like working on it, it's still very low. So I think that Whitehead's already got that figured out. Uh, Kevin O'Connor has him at 35, like you said. I think that's way too low. This is going to be a first-round pick. There's no doubt about it. And the upside is there, and I think that just all the changes that happened at Duke did kind of impact him negatively. But I think that when you get him one-on-one in a workout, you're going to realize how special this kid is. So for me personally, I think he's a top 15 player in this draft. Uh, I, I definitely think when they revisit this draft, he will be a top 15 player. I think this is the time where his value you know, he'll be going far later than anyone could have expected, obviously, about a year ago. So the talent is very much there. I think if the Patriots have an opportunity to get him, they're going to get a really good player with high upside. I'm in complete agreement with you. Now, for my next pick, high upside is exactly the probably the first thing that's going to come to mind. That's Gigi Jackson. Gigi okay. Jackson was the number one recruit initially for next year in college. He reclassified early, did not have the type of year that maybe anyone thought, but that's because he was just a kid. So he's not even going to be 19 years old come draft time. The mega upside is is exactly the first thing that comes to mind. And label him as an ambidextrous finisher. I mean, this is someone who I think that if you're just going to go off of his stats, it's never going to do justice because he was not efficient last year. But he's six foot six with a six eleven wingspan. I think that he could end up being a really good interior scorer. I think he could be a good catch and shoot. Player, I think that you're getting someone that, you know, last year being just, I don't know, 17 to 18 years old in college, that's extremely tough. But even next year in the NBA, don't expect much out of him yet. This is someone long-term that to be able to get him, and I do think that he's going to end up going higher than people expect because at one point he was projected, you know, in the mid-20s. Whoever it gets, maybe he's a, a top 20 pick. I think that the following year, if he had stayed in his class, he would have been potentially a most likely a top 10 pick. So I think for Gigi Jackson, there's a lot to like, but don't expect it to be right away in the NBA. I will say the best way to describe Gigi Jackson is a highly skilled basketball player with an immature personality that really just needs to grow up. And I think, and I personally think like that sounds a little harsh, but like the stuff that he did going on Instagram live and kind of calling out his coach and stuff like that, that all, you know, gives him red flags by a lot. Mm -hmm. It seems like, okay, we don't want this knucklehead doing this if he doesn't like his role in the NBA and stuff like that. But we write off kids too early in my opinion. I mean, very much 18 and a half years old at 18. I'm sure I would have done something stupid like that as well. Flash, you know, it's it's easy to point the finger and get upset about stuff when, you're expecting these guys to be professional, but at the end of the day, they're human beings in there. They're going to make mistakes. So I'm with you. I'm very high on Gigi Jackson, and I'll talk about him later more in depth as we continue on with our process here. But for me at number 12, this is where I've got your favorite player, Grady Dick. This is a player, in my opinion, that is a lights-out shooter, potentially the best shooter in the draft. I think maybe Jordan Hawkins is just right there with him, but the kid shot 40% from three on five and, a, uh, five and a half, basically, attempts per game. Not only does he have that, he is just a great movement shooter, has great feel for the game, and not only is he a pull-up guy, but he can also catch and shoot. I, I do think that he's going to be targeted on defense. There's no doubt about that because he's got a long ways to go defensively, but I think he's a smart basketball player, and his high basketball IQ will mask some of his defensive letdowns. So, 
overall for me, I think that he's a, a good secondary playmaker as well. Like not like a super great playmaker, but knows how to move the ball correctly. Like that's what I'm talking about when I talk about feel for the game, just knows how to make the right play. So personally for me, you're going to see a lot of people be like, oh, I know they're a white guy. Like I don't want to get that in Indiana, but this is a kid that's really good. And there's a reason why most people have him ranked as a top 12 prospect in this year's draft. Look, the part of the reason why I laughed is because I have Grady Dick right over here as well. But obviously, when you said my favorite, yeah, right. Look, I'm in agreement with you. <laughs> you have him Six at number 11. Seven, I do, because here's the thing. I, I'm not going to be a total hater. Do I want the Pacers to pick him at seven? Absolutely not. But someone is going to get a good player. Six foot seven, shot set 40% from three. You can make an argument. He could be the best shooter in this draft. But he's also a very capable defender. Yes, he does get labeled as the white shooter, but averaged about a steal and a half per game, about five rebounds. I think that he's a far better defender than what he gets credit for. But obviously, he's got that that small forward wing, uh, you know, that small forward build that a lot of people are looking for. And I do think that you always need shooters in the NBA. There's some shooters that are atrocious defensively, like a Duncan Robinson. That's not Grady Dick. So I want to give him credit where credit is due. Uh, but yeah, at, at, at pick seven, I want no part, but no, make no mistake about it. Grady Dick will be a lottery pick probably around that 10 to 12 range. All right, Fachi. So I'm going to go to my number 11 here. I know he's going to be on your list higher and I'm going to have to hear about how he's your guy now, but this has been my guy going back to last year. And I had to put him on the list. Is. It's Leonard Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Seven foot two wingspan, six foot nine, 19 and a half years old. Played for the G League Ignite. And my goodness, did he have a, a terrific close to the season? The three point percentage has got to get better 32.7% from three, but I'm not worried about that. I do believe in his game. He's from Canada. The Pacers love Canadians. He's a big man with guard skills. Growing into his body, he's going to figure things out. He's a good on-ball defender. I think he would fit in perfectly with this team, probably as a backup power forward to start off his career, not a starter right away. But any team that gets him, I think they're going to be very intrigued by him. And I think the G League really does help give these NBA scouts a better understanding of what they can be in the NBA. So for me personally, Leonard Millard is a guy that if he's there on the board, he's someone I would very much want to trade up for. So that to me is how I view it. But at the end of the day, it's it's going to be interesting to see where he falls because I could see him being, uh, without question, a lottery pick. And when we had uh, Stephen Galipsy, I think it was, on with us doing the mock draft with him and Keenan Womack Fachi, he was just floored that anybody thought he was a lottery pick. And he has him in like the late 20s. It's like, okay, you know, you can say what you want to say about him. But I think anytime you look at wings and hybrids that with a six foot, nine that are six foot nine tall and a seven foot wingspan seven foot two wingspan those are going to be intriguing players no matter where you're at and with what he showed this year i mean rim protector ambidextrous you know good at driving to the basket good in the dunker spot this is a guy that people are going to pick early and they're going to take the upside swing here because they believe that leonard miller can become a very good basketball player I have no doubt about it, and I have no problem saying that I absolutely stole him from you because you did like him last year, and I will definitely give you your flowers on that, that you were on the Leonard Miller train early where last year it looked like probably about a second-round pick, you know, at, at best. There's, I don't think there was a scenario where he was going to go in the first round. I don't think he could have done more in the G League. Obviously, I guess from three-point range, could have shot better. But other than that, 
this guy is all over every all over the boards no matter which which you know mock draft big board that you take a look at <laughs> you're going to see him at at the back end whether maybe it's pick 30 on some you might see him at pick 20 it, all in that range but i do think leonard miller is going to make that push towards the lottery will he get there i don't know but if the pacers have any chance of getting him it's going to take a trade and you were right you will hear his name again on my list i about threw up when i heard you talking to mavs draft when you were like yeah someone i've been high on for a while leonard miller i was like really someone you've been high on hey just take that from me okay i'm gonna take it from you no i'll give you some credit (laughs) there for sure no i uh i was just really impressed because Last year, we didn't really know he was going to be in the draft. And then the, there was like an age thing where he did qualify for it. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. man, a pick 32, like this is oh, like a 31. Golden. Uh, but it all hey, worked no out. No pun intended, right? Exactly. Wow. Well, wow. that one. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So I'm really intrigued by him. But Fachi, go ahead and let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden MBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F A C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook, Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok, Setting the Pace. And Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com slash Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast, where you can find all of our video content there. And if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel and our Substack at settingthepacepodcast.substack.com. And we'll be back tomorrow with picks 10 to 1. So you guys can hear who we have on our big board, 1 to 10, the top 10 Pacers big board for you tomorrow. But Fachi, if you're excited for the Pacers draft to slowly get here, then hit me with those three words. Let's go, Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast. Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.